What's going on, Cartel? Welcome to uh, episode 87. Um, Mr. David Sanchez, lead singer and uh, rhythm guitarist and creator of the band Havoc, uh, was kind enough to give me his time for myself and you guys. And uh, it was just an amazing episode that we just did, and uh, I'm excited for you to hear it. Um, I'm a pretty damn big fan of Havoc. So it was pretty fucking cool to get him on. And uh, we talked about uh, all kinds of things. Uh, music, like his band, uh, other bands. We nerded out about uh, music. But we also got into uh, what the fuck's going on in this world right now. How, how he woke up. Um, what his journey was like. And, uh, you know, just breaking free of the mold that we're living in this fucking system that we're living in and uh yeah it was an incredible ride and then we got into supernatural stuff ufos and all kinds of stuff so i really hope you enjoy this as much as i did and uh you guys know what you got to do sit back relax smoke a dube drink a couple beers and enjoy the show welcome back cartel davy wavy here with one of the progenitors of the uh, thrash metal revival, if not the progenitor, uh, Mr. David Sanchez of the, the awesome fucking thrash metal band Havoc. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to speak with a fellow Dave. <laughs> yeah, right? Who likes his freedom and, uh, uh, has and a, metal. A good bullshit detector. Ah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. It's just, it's cool, man. Like, I. I think it was a couple of years ago I, I found your band and I was just like, holy shit, these guys know what's up, you know? Because there's a there's there's a lot of lyrics like this in metal, but like it's so prominent with your lyrics, so it just really hit me off the bat. Plus the fucking the riffs are fucking insane. So thank you. Um, there's also I think a notable difference between my band and a lot of other bands that have lyrics that are similar is I actually mean what I'm saying yeah that's that's the thing like i can tell you know like i sent some of the lyrics to my brother over the phone today uh yeah. for, for um uh intention to deceive and he was like holy shit <laughs> you know and he's not a metal guy but he's like i gotta fucking hear this because he, he's the only one in my family who's like you know aware out of us like five siblings you know me and him so he's just like, holy shit, I can't believe you're getting this guy on. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like super thankful to have you, man. It's awesome. Yeah, stoked to be here. Um, happy to talk about liberty and independent thinking and uh, George Carlin and heavy metal and joke. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Uh, Klaus Schwab. Oh, yeah. Good dude. <laughs> Dr. Evil himself, the real Dr. Evil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking insane, man. So... Uh, what's your age again? I forget. I am 34. How about 34. Yourself? Okay. I'm 43. Okay. Um, when was it that you started like waking up to what the fuck was going on in this world? I mean, largely, I, I always had a, a problem with authorities telling me what to do if it didn't make sense. Sure. Even when I was in elementary school, uh, I got in trouble a lot as a kid it's not because I just didn't like authorities, period. It was if it didn't make sense and they couldn't explain to me why I should do what they're saying to do. I had a big problem with that. 
and that goes all the way back to my childhood really um it's funny i talk to my mom about this sometimes and she's like i was the same way yeah it seems to be genetic there yeah um, maybe a little bit but then i went to catholic school and that really like uh turned up my bullshit detector uh to a high level and, oh uh, yeah i would imagine catholic school it, it had the opposite of their intended effect on my thinking process. And when I was probably 13, I started really getting into George Carlin. I started watching his stand-up stuff and uh, reading his books. And that really blew my mind open to a new way of thinking and just more critical thought and questioning things and uh, just, just being more aware of, of how things actually work. And then, you know, reading books and being interested in philosophy and paying attention to news and not just news from the mainstream outlets, but finding it from other sources and trying to put the pieces together myself. Uh, you really start seeing through the, the whole facade quite quickly. For sure. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a lot of different things uh, throughout my life. But like one of them was like uh, dropping acid when I was 14. That helps, <laughs> you know, uh, it's the first drug I ever tried even before marijuana, you know, and it was like, holy shit, there's more to this reality than meets the eye. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, hallucinogens are, are very good at breaking boundaries and making people open their mind to a mo new mode of thinking and questioning reality and questioning why things are the way they are. And I think that's the number one reason they're illegal because they'll start waking you up and making you think outside of the box. hundred I mean, percent. Yeah. If everyone was tripping on mushrooms, everyone would be like, wait, this is all bullshit. What the fuck are we doing? Let's change this. And there would be like yeah. a revolution overnight. That's yeah, why they're sure. illegal. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you're, you know who Sam Tripoli is. Of course. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but he often says, we should get all the world leaders together in a conference and just make them fucking eat mushrooms. You know? Yeah, it's not the worst idea. <laughs> but then it goes deeper than that. It's like they have a purpose to um, bring in the transhumanism agenda, right? Yes. So it, it doesn't matter if they took mushrooms or not. They're not going to fucking uh, go against that agenda. I don't know, though. Uh these psychedelics are extremely powerful and they completely change the way people view everything. Yeah. So I think that's your best shot actually at waking these people up and, and snapping them out of their uh, evil uh, money fueled hysterics. For sure, dude. Um, were you ever into, or were you, did you grow up with like going to church and shit like that? Like, were you a religious person at all and broke not, free from it or no not really um like i said i went to catholic school for four years but that was uh, mostly because the public school education was starting to look so suspect that my mom pulled my brother and i out of public school just because she was like what the fuck are they teaching you people um, yeah so she put us in a private school that happened to be a catholic school uh but i did not grow up like super fundamentalist or anything so like that. So you were never a dog maniac? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I was def definitely not into the dogma and stuff. Um, there was a couple of years there when I was in Catholic school where uh, they like they, they like, kind of had me. They they had kind of like warped my mind into a uh, where they wanted it to be and make it real malleable 
and, and see how powerful that shit stuff. is it is and i tried to be a good little catholic boy for i don't know a year or two and then i was just like this just doesn't this is not resonating with me the way i think it's supposed to this is like very dissonant and i have way too many questions this doesn't make any sense so yeah uh, <clears throat> it, it you know they almost had me for a little bit but then even as a child i was like this doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> I oh, uh, totally, man. I, I, I kind of fell off of the, the wagon that they wanted me on. Yeah. I also grew up uh, non-religious, uh, but I hit a period in my life where um, I just decided to look into it and uh, like all the religions. Right. And That's where they fucked up in Catholic school. They taught us about all the other religions. Yeah. <laughs> because once you start looking into all of them, it's like all the fucking same shit, you know? Yeah. They all have the same message, but yeah. once you get locked into it, you're fucked. Yeah, the the big issue that I have with it and and I'll I'll be very straightforward with this. I mean, I've talked about it in songs and shit, so I'm not ashamed of saying this. But a lot of these major religions, they do have the common thread of the golden rule. And that's yes. really all that you need is, you know, treat people the way that you would want to be treated. And that yeah. would leave the world a much better place. The problem that I have with all of these religions is you actually look at the holy texts themselves. They literally call for murder. They call for, you know, stoning people to death. They call for crucifying people. They call for uh, some really, really awful stuff. Um, war on people that don't think like you do. It's it's really nasty stuff, and that's the shit I can't get behind, and and I never will. Um, like, golden oh, rule, the golden rule is all you need. You don't need the rest of the book. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's what they say. Uh, I think Jesus said in the New Testament, like the golden rule is treat others like you want to be treated, and that sums up all ten commandments. It's fucking simple. Yeah, yeah, that's all you really need. So all the extra stuff and the stories and the dogma and all that shit. I, I really don't have a taste for it all. In fact, I find it evil. I, oh, I think absolutely. It's, yeah. it's it, an evil it, thing. Mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an evil thing to teach people that you can do whatever you want as long as you ask forgiveness. You're you're good to go. So yeah. by that logic, Mahatma Gandhi is burning in hell right now and Jeffrey Dahmer is in heaven sitting on a cloud playing a harp. That is an yeah. evil, evil teaching in my mind. Absolutely, man. Um I've yeah I've had experiences I've seen hypocrisy out there and it's like those are the most the, the most hypocritical people are the dogmatic people that tend to you know um, like look at look at the mafia for for example in like New York and shit they would be like going to church every Sunday and then go kill a bunch of people and then come back to church and ask for forgiveness and then go do it again right it's the same <laughs> shit. Yes, and by that Catholic logic, they're totally good to go. They're they're golden, no problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're breaking every fucking commandment that's that's there, you know. Yeah, that, that's that's a big problem I have with it. Fucked, so fucked. Yeah, um, and, and the you're speaking of the hypocrisy though. I think it's impossible to not be a hypocrite um, uh, when you follow the texts in those ancient books to a T, because the texts themselves contradict each other. The Old oh, Testament sure. and the New Testament of the Bible are totally at odds with each other in many, many, many parts. That's um, what causes the confusion in people and the delusion. They think that they're like 
following Christ, but at the same time, they got to follow the Old Testament. You can't take one over the other, right? And then that creates a lot of confusion in their minds, but they still think they're doing the right thing. Well, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, you're saying you can't uh, just pick one or the other, the Old Testament or the New. And the reason is because the whole notion that Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah, is the savior, savior, is the son of God. That's all based on the belief in the Old Testament. So you can't just believe in the New Testament, because if you just believe in the New Testament, then there is no such thing as Jesus being the son of God and this yeah. and the other. So, yeah, it lends itself very well to to confusion and hypocrisy. And that's just like inherent in in, in the, the belief structure. Absolutely, it is. Um, and, you know, like, I often think that, you know, the God of the Old Testament, or I had a guest on previously, and he was saying that you have to know the attributes of God, because there's several gods in the Bible, and you have to know which one you're looking at, that's the real one, because if God is love, then why would he go and command people to kill people and slaughter kids and all that shit? That's not the loving God that we know that we that we should be following, right? Yeah, well, there's the the Old Testament God is very angry and brutal and violent, and murderous. Yeah, and then the God of the New Testament is like peace and love, man. Dash dash your kids' heads upon the rocks, right? Like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a great God there. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds a lot like the uh, ancient Aztec and Mayan stuff. And yeah, you know, a lot of these cultures that people see as violent and brutal and primitive. And, you know, how could they possibly do that? Like, it's in your holy book, too. You're just choosing to ignore that part. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, that's, cherry- that's, a, that's a giant uh, rabbit hole to go down. It, it is, yeah. We're, I, I don't think we're going to change anybody's mind here, but that's fine, you know? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got to find their path, right? That's right, yeah. I'm on mine, it's, you're on yours, they're on theirs. It's, it's like, you can't just say, uh, I'm a sinner, please save me, Jesus, and then magically you're good. Uh, you got to you gotta balance your life out. Uh, I understand you guys are working on some new fucking music, eh? Yeah, we're going to start writing some new stuff. Uh, we've got a ton of music sitting around. We always do. We, we call it a riff pile. Um, we often will write riffs and just like kind of save them into a, a folder on the computer or whatever. Sure. And uh, sometimes those get picked out and turned into new songs. And sometimes they sit on the shelf for 10 years. Like there's some good shit that we've been sitting on for a long time that uh, we'll probably finally see the light of day next year. But yeah, we're, we're going to start sifting through the debris and put out some new stuff uh, so. i was I, I used to riff out a lot too and record stuff and save it for later and then pick a riff and be like oh i like that one and then like kind of write a song around it you know that's exactly what we do yeah 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 it's it's a good thing uh, do you find your riffs are um the spark of writing a song or is it lyrics first or what nine times out of ten it's the riff yeah. The riff inspires everything to get into motion. But um, I do have somewhat similar of an idea to the riff pile. I've got like a lyric pile as well. And it's not necessarily full songs or, you know, sometimes there's a full four lines that all rhyme or something. But typically it's an idea for a song title or for a song theme. 
um, I've got a lot of concepts basically. It, it's like yeah. a concept pile. And uh, sure. And you can just like pick and choose and, you know, add stuff in, take stuff out and yeah, right, and, right around it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes the, those concepts will uh, resonate with a certain riff or a song that's written. I'm like, okay, that concept sounds like this music. That's yeah. what this song is going to be about. That's cool. And, um, oh my God. So yeah, you did, um, your song, um, betrayed by technology. Uh, huh. that's that I was kind of looking into that. It really looks like, uh, like transhumanism to me. Is that what it's about? You think? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a few things. Um, it's kind of a blend between yeah transhumanism and also just AI and robots essentially dicking our jobs. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of all of the Fuck. above, but those are all totally a- attached. So uh, even even musicians' jobs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, do you like? Uh, are you a fan of uh, Mike Patton, Faith No More? Oh yeah, Mr. Bungle. Oh yeah, dude. Bands. So there is a, a the the infamous sandwich interview that he did when he was recording Angel Dust, mm, I and uh, oh, it's it's pretty cool. You should watch it. But he's just like sitting there, fucking stuffing his face with a sandwich. He can hear the food moving around in his mouth while he's being interviewed and shit. <laughs> but um, he was. Uh, I think the interviewer was asking him, uh, "What do you think the future of music is?" And he's like, "Computers." He, th- he says, I think computers are going to take over music, and uh, I think it could be a good thing, because a lot of the musicians out there are fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> like egomaniacs and shit, right? That's great. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fun interview. But um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, like I, I, I w- walk around at work all day, and I'm just blasting like a lot of metal and other stuff too. Like, I like synthwave and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But um a lot of the stuff that I listen to these kids that I work with, they're just like, dude, how the fuck can you listen to this shit? I'm like, Oh, you mean music that actually has like guitars and drums and bass and shit in it instead of just a keyboard, one key being pressed down and then talking over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy to me, like how the music industry is flip flopped, man. And kudos to you for being pretty fucking successful in this, uh, shit pool of turds we got going on now yeah i mean a lot of it comes down to just like perseverance and and not giving up uh yeah we've been known for a long time as like a very road heavy band uh we tour a shitload we haven't been on the road in a couple years because something happened i heard a rumor something happened that kind of made touring stop for a little bit um But I mean, a lot of it comes down to that is just willing to be able to willing to go out of the house and like get shit done and do it the old fashioned way. Instead yeah. of trying to rely on, hey, let we need to get a hit music video that goes viral on YouTube or something like right, that. Right, right. No, let's go play in front of live audiences and shake people's skeletons with the PA system that's turned up loud and play some cool riffs and yell it in their face. Always my favorite thing at a show. <laughs> <laughs> Melt my face off at those amps, man. Fucking yeah, great. It's, it, it's the number one reason people will never stop going to live music events 
because when you play something loud at home, like it's pretty cool. But when you go into a venue that was designed for live performance and live music and they've got a PA. Oh yeah. When they've got a PA system that they spent $130,000 on and it, when the kick drum gets hit, it literally shakes your entire skeleton. Yeah. That that you can't replicate that at home. So that's the number one reason people never stop going to live shows. For sure, dude. You literally Um, feel the music. Have you, have you been on, um, Jamie Josta's podcast? No, I've not. I, I need to. Uh, we've discussed it a little bit back and forth, but no, it's not happened. Oh, shit. That sucks. Because, uh, dude, he gets a lot of cool fucking uh, musicians on there, man. Like, yeah. really cool. And he's like, I love his energy. He's got a great fucking vibe, you know. And uh, I know he's into conspiracy theories and shit, too. Because <laughs> I heard... I initially heard of Sam Tripoli when Sam Tripoli went on Josta show. And then oh, I started, okay. when I started listening to Sam Tripoli, right? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then I, <clears throat> I reached out to, uh, to Jamie, but he never fucking replied. I'm like, fuck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm glad you use the, the, the word theory when uh, expressing this term, because a lot of people conflate the two phrases, conspiracy and conspiracy theory. And they got them crosswired in their brain like they mean the same thing. Right. There are plenty of proper conspiracies that are not theories. They're literally true. And people go to prison for conspiracy. Oh, for sure. Conspiracy, the, yeah, the, I say this all the time. The word conspiracy does not just mean bullshit. They've just trained the population to automatically hear that word and interpret it and translate it in their mind as bullshit. That's the CIA's fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it's CIA, FBI. They they coined other. the term conspiracy theorist, right? After Dick, right after, after JFK. JFK. That's yep. right. Mm-hmm. And, and any anybody that's that looks into these things and tries to critically think about these things is deemed a f- uh, fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, but I think that potion is starting to wear off a little bit. Oh, for um, sure, dude. I, not not enough. In my opinion, but I think it's starting to lose its power. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot of uh, people out there that just buy into the whole uh, system, uh, hook, line, and sinker, and they think there's nothing more to it. They think they don't think that the system that we're living in is evil at all. They they're just a zombie, you know. Yeah, I think people are starting to wake up out of that, but not fast enough, and that's why I say what I say on on records that's why i say what i say on my podcast on the internet and getting to have conversations like this because uh it's important we're we're like rolling down a hill toward a cliff and we got the choice of either falling to our death or flying and yeah shit out the the hour is getting late that's why i'm not very mysterious with my lyrics i like to be very on the nose because i feel like our time is short and i need people to understand what the hell i'm talking about because i'm not talking about demons and wizards and zombies and dragons and the devil Um, yeah there's a there's a couple songs here and there that deals with something um you know supernatural or whatever but for the most part i'm talking about real shit because that's what i care about and that's what's important not only to me but to the grand scheme to the human race um, I like to sing about stuff in songs that is way bigger than me. I like to think think of, uh, you know, committing things to record that are that transcend me and that are just way bigger than my life. 
things that affect all of us. For That's sure, dude. I care about. Dude, I loved I love walking around at work with my little speaker and my in my chest, my Bluetooth speaker, and just blasting metal. Like yesterday, <laughs> I was you know consuming some of your your music, and uh, I'm walking around these people outside of this store, uh, and all you hear is fucking political correctness is a social disease and people are like looking at me right? <laughs> and just giving them like the fucking nod right that's great that's <laughs> yeah, awesome man yeah that shit came out in 2017 and same with intention to deceive uh you said you showed your brother uh, uh, and he was all about it. yeah that shit was recorded in 2016 came out in 2017 and it those lyrics only got more relevant as time has gone on, which is oh, 100%, dude. It's like my game, it's like my fucking soundtrack now, man. It's like it's it's so it resonates with me on such a deep level, and I just want to show everybody. I'm like, dude, look at this fucking band, like, look, listen to what they're singing about, you know. And um, it's crazy, dude. It's like, oh, okay, so that's what I want to ask you, conform aside. Mm-hmm. That that those two words put together, suicide and conformity, it's like if you conform to the system, then you're basically committing suicide. Is that what what you mean by it? Well, the, that suffix uh, is side is not just with suicide. Um, it's, Genocide. It, it just means yeah, murder, killing. Yeah. Um, like the band Deicide, their, their name okay. literally means killing God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God killer. Well, fucking um, Benton, dude. Oh my so, god. Yeah, he's a maniac. Um, but Deicide rules. Great band. But conformicide really just we is about killing conformity. I mean, the shit that we were talking about in those songs and the music itself on that record, we were just like we're not gonna like stick it, stick ourselves in a box. Like fuck that. Yeah. So conformicide uh, is a word I made up for the record, but uh, fit the music and fit what was being talked about because there have been bands uh, that have talked about some real shit and serious stuff, but um, most of them, it was proven in the last couple of years didn't actually mean anything that they said. It was all just filler and just like some edgy thing to say, or like, I'm going to be cool and pro freedom and yeah, human rights. Yeah. And then when push comes to shove, they just bitch out and start licking boot. Um, exactly, that's, yeah. that's not me. Uh, I make sure, the- make sure you have your 10 jobs before you come see us. Oh yeah. And if you don't, you're a disease plague rat and uh right. you shunned from society and you're or, subhuman scum or what gene simmons says if you don't take the vaccine you're evil oh yeah coming from uh the quote-unquote demon himself right i mean what's more satanic than trying to push a synthetic mrna jab on the entire population of earth it's disgusting so you know a lot of these people i call them freedom posers um not necessarily someone like Gene Simmons, but some of these people that have spoken out about, you know, human rights and abuse and, you know, anti-establishment, anti-government, anti-corporation. And then the last two years happened, they just folded like a fucking ruffles shit. Oh, well, because their career's in jeopardy if they speak out against it, right? And that's where I guess something's different about me because I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. And you I mean, shouldn't. I- 
Havoc is not so big that like they can they can steal millions of dollars from me if, if something really goes crazy. But we're not nobody, you know. We're not a super small band. Um, but I don't give a shit. Like I've been saying, we got a song that came out in 2012. Give me liberty or give me uh, came out 2013. Give me liberty or give me death. I say that, and I've been screaming it into people's faces for a decade. And I feel like people just thought maybe I was saying it just to be edgy or something. But <laughs> turns out I actually meant that when I said, give me liberty or give me death. That's how I actually feel. Yeah. So dude. a lot of people got kind of horrified in the last couple of years when I started speaking out. I, I couldn't hold my tongue anymore. The shit was getting so stupid. And, and, and you I, shouldn't, man. You should be fearless, you know? Well, I didn't see anybody else saying anything. So it was like, where the fuck are all like, the musicians that were anti-establishment, uh, you know, like pushing yeah, now it's, on now it's, now it's rage for the machine, not rage against the machine. That's right. Yeah, that really is true. I mean, that joke is like people might roll their eyes now because they've heard it so many times. But seriously, like that's what this shit has become. That's and what it all is. All of these anti-establishment bands just fucking bent over, spread their butt cheeks open, pulled their pants down and started licking boots while getting fisted by the man. It just and makes me fucking shake my head like so bad, dude. It's so disgusting. Just as a fan of music and a, as a fan of free thought and a fan of critical thinking and, and truly being ind independent and, you know, being what, whatever you want to call it, rock and roll or punk rock or metal or whatever. I am just absolutely disgusted with so many people that I used to look up to um, because I thought they were in you know, mentally in the right place and standing up for the right things. Turns 100%. out, it turns out they were all freedom posers. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've started getting, I started getting vocal when I saw that no one was saying anything. And I was just like, dude, we've been locked down for a year. This is fucking horseshit. Like, yeah, dude, this is, and, and turns out, look, now news keeps coming out all the time. Who was correct? Was it the people that were like, you better get this thing. If if all you guys would just get this thing, this would all be over. Were they right? No. Nope. Were all the people that said this is horseshit, this isn't gonna work, don't trust it, they're lying. Those people, what do you know, were correct the whole time. And I like how nowadays we have uh, publications like The Atlantic trying to say like we should have a pandemic amnesty and we should forgive each other oh for what was said. Like no. I don't need Fuck to fucking you. ask for forgiveness. I didn't say anything fucked up. You people were acting like I was a fucking disease-carrying leper and, and shunned me from society. I couldn't go to work at the venues I work at for over a year. I couldn't go to concerts for many months because they said, uh, uh, papers, please. Uh, we're a Nazi music venue. We're a fascist music venue. Uh, we, we're a corporation that works with the government to figure out how to fuck people over. Papers, please. If you don't have the papers, go home. You're not allowed in here. Make sure it, you goose step into the venue and then give a Heil Hitler. This segregation shit, like, dude, uh, people get mad when you bring it up. But, like, seriously, the comparison to Nazi Germany and the comparison to Jim Crow era South uh, with all the discrimination and all of the segregation and shit was very real. And if anyone wants to think that it wasn't, give me a fucking break. Like there was people that couldn't go see their dying grandmother or their dying uh, parents in the hospital because yeah. they weren't jabbed up. How yep. fucking evil is that? I and, they're never jabbing, and they're jabbing the, the elderly that 
can't fucking make a decision for themselves. Yeah, it's it's evil, pure fucking evil. I'll never forget what they did to us. And a lot of these people that went along with the narrative, uh, a want to just forget about everything that happened, and b they want you to forgive them for them being such cocksuckers to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Go like there was so many people that I saw like on comments and shit on Instagram, like oh, these unvaccinated people should be fucking, like, put into a concentration. Like, really? Oh, we saw that, yeah, for months. There was people talking like that. Or if you're... Wishing wishing death upon the unvaccinated. That, and, and, yeah, if you get sick, I hope you die, you unvaccinated piece of shit. Like, grandma killer. Like Now we're finding out, unequivocally, even the most, like, brainwashed publications... Are, are backtracking and being like, actually, it doesn't really stop transmission. Actually, it doesn't really help. Actually, you know, maybe we didn't need these things. Actually, maybe they do more. Yeah, Pfizer, Pfizer came out and admitted it. And you show that to people and they still can't believe it. It's like, it's right here, dude. It, it, injure, it injures the ego to admit that you were that wrong and you were that big of an asshole to people over something that was absolutely false. Makes me sick, dude. It's this really is what disgusting. I started. I started this podcast a year ago, and I because I felt like I was just like the fire was inside of me, and I was just like I just had to fucking let it loose, you know? Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm like, fuck it, I'm starting a podcast because I, I got invited onto a podcast to speak about my, like my paranormal encounters and shit like that growing up, and. After that, I listened back to it. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm starting my own. I don't care how low budget it is. I'm just going to get my voice out there, right? And uh, lo and behold, fucking a year later, I'm still doing it. And I'm, I'm doing it like once, twice, three times a week, right? I'm just super passionate about it. So Damn, that's awesome, man. What, what else <laughs> do you do? Uh, you, you said you were jamming music all the time at work. I'm just curious. What do you do outside of podcasting? Uh, I work for a a corp. Ooh, don't we all though? Yeah, yeah, most of us do. But it is a retail corp. Uh, okay. I will not say the name. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not begging you to. No, it's cool. Uh, but it's a it's a cool job. I don't mind it. Um, I don't mind going. Uh, it's not one of those jobs where I'm like, fuck, I gotta go to work again. You know. It's kind of cool. I just go there, do my thing, come back, and then fucking do this, right? Or I play video games. <laughs> yeah, great. That'll work. I, just, I feel pretty content, you know. So I like that. Yeah, uh, a lot of people don't feel that, so that's good. For yeah, me. and I'm I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, and people see that on a daily basis. Some people question me, question me why I'm so happy. <laughs> Dude, I had the same experience. People always thought I was on drugs because I was yeah. like normally smiling and make being goofy and making stupid jokes and dancing like an idiot. And people thought I was on drugs constantly. And I was like, dude, I'm dead sober. This is just how I am. <laughs> and it's funny too because a lot of the the photos that you're in for like your band and shit, you're you're like you got that like evil look, right? Like most metal bands, but like yeah. metal, metal guys are like the most fucking down to earth people I've, I've experienced. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that. Uh, I work at a bunch of music venues here in Denver and uh, the security people always 
talk about how easy metal shows are. They love when there's metal shows because they know there's probably not going to be any fights. There's not going to be anybody trying to shoot or stab each other. Everyone's going to be pretty cool and take care of themselves and be nice and courteous and polite. Every uh, fucking every metal show I've been to, it's like you you it's a, you enter like a brotherhood. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Fucking happy, yep. or they're getting their aggression out in the mosh pit. And then yeah. at the end of the day, it's like it's like you just took a big giant shit. Yeah, it feels good. Really good. <laughs> and like a, <laughs> a stress relief, you know. Totally, um, man. Yeah, the security guards hate it when it's a rap show. That's where they oh, have God. a lot of problems. Imagine that. The entire culture is based on flexing, you know, uh, materialism. materialism, violence, gang culture, and then they have issues with security. That's weird. I mean, in metal, there's a lot of really violent stuff, but... Uh, well, I mean, if you were to go to, like, a Gigi Allen concert or something... You ooh, know. that's scary, yeah. <laughs> You'll get shit flung at your face, all that kind of shit. Yes. Actually, when I went to see Faith No More back in 95, I was, like, 16. Um... My my after the show, my buddy was like, "Dude, did you feel? Did you did you see what happened?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "I felt something wet, and I look up, and Mike Patton's fucking swinging his dick around, pissing all over the crowd." Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, "I did not see that. I must have been fucking elsewhere." <clears throat> I don't think you can do that today. I don't think so. I don't think you could do that then. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But um, I went to a Guar concert. That was fun. Yeah, they're great live. Really fun. I, I sat down and had a beer with uh, uh, Mike Dirks, uh, Balzac, before the show. Yep. That was cool. Uh, fucking, and then rest in peace, Dave Brocky. Fuck. Man, his stage banter was so funny. I really miss seeing him. Uh, the best, man. The best. Yeah, he was hilarious. I've been to a lot of fucking shows over my, in my day, but... Uh, yeah, uh, Fear Factory is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, of course because they're transhumanism. They're all about transhumanism. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I wonder, like, you know, when they were talking about it, a lot of it was just sci-fi. You know, yeah. far off into the future. I wonder when it becomes more and more real if people are going to be like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Or if a lot of people are like, actually, this is kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on like, you know, we're entering a new age, right? Like they say we're entering the fourth industrial age. Mm -hmm. And in order to get there, they're going to have to depopulate us, which is what they're doing, obviously. Um, but what are your thoughts about like a new savior coming to unite humanity? Is that going to be a false thing or is it going to be, a good thing. Well, I don't put my faith in anybody like that. I, I don't believe in having idols or uh, lionizing anyone to the point where you're just going to blindly follow in any yeah. footsteps. I'm not into that at all. <laughs> but, but some people are, are very um, downtrodden in this uh, era right now. And they're willing to fucking follow anybody that's going to save mankind, you know, it's, it's kind of scary, man. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I definitely don't put my eggs in that basket. Um, I'm like they say it's gonna be the antichrist that unites everybody, right? I mean, that's the biblical prophecy, yes, but I mean, even in a realistic sense, that doesn't sound far from what could really realistically happen, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of thinking for people thinking for themselves, and uh, I deep down think that nobody's coming to save us and that we need to save ourselves. What really needs yeah. to happen people is people need to pull their head out of their ass and kind of get a loose grip on what the hell is going on instead mm-hmm. of just watching their mainstream news network and just nodding along with whatever propaganda is coming out of the TV or radio waves. Mouth breathers uh, who are trying to catch flies while they're watching TV. Man, like... <laughs> It, it, that that's that, that's step number one in my mind. It, yeah, people brain, need to snap out of their uh, brainwashing and conditioning and indoctrination, and start asking good questions. Um, there are some things and start the, and start doing something, taking action in some sh- some way, shape, or form. Some way, shape, or form, but even taking action in some way, shape, or form. Let's be honest. Comes down to even things like this conversation happening right now. This yep. is doing more. Uh, to to press forward in the right direction, in my opinion, than uh, watching fucking MSNBC for five hours. Thank you, because I take pride in, in doing what I do with this little show, you know? And no matter how small it is or how big it gets, it's something. Oh, it's, the more the I merrier. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of living out a purpose doing this shit. Yeah, man. I mean, even you... Uh... Things like this have a snowball effect. Ideas are infectious. Ideas are contagious. And ideas can change the world. They can truly change the trajectory of where our species is headed if good ideas start getting uh, tossed around more frequently. You know, And totally- now we live in this globalized world where an idea can spread all around the planet in a matter of hours. And hopefully it's for the better to inspire people to do what we said, like take action, right? Think Thinking critically even is taking action. That might seem like a passive thing, but dude, like if people snap out of their television stupor and their brainwashing, that is going to have a giant impact on what happens. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, who wields political power, where people vote with their dollars, uh, you know, which companies rise to the top, which ones don't. There are some things in especially in uh, my country and, and I'm sure in yours too, because we, we have similar banking situations where there's a centralized bank involved printing the money. That's not backed by anything. Um, but that's one big thing that left, right, independent, critical thinker, atheist, religious, it doesn't matter who you are. Practically everyone hates taxes. Oh, and for, dude, it's criminal, dude. It's criminal. It's slavery. It doesn't um, go to any good. No, no, especially in the U.S., it largely goes to war. Um, it, it goes into the foreign aid pockets. Yeah, it's it's pretty disturbing when you look into where tax money goes. But that's my point: is so many people, if they've actually looked at this and paid attention, or in, if they weren't brainwashed with the television, but the television actually was used for what it could be used for—massive good and massive education. It could enlighten people on how fucked up income taxes are. And you could probably get 99% of people 
on the same page with like ending the Federal Reserve in the United States yeah. or ending whatever centralized bank is up there in Canada. Um, you could get people from all walks of life to agree on that. But will that ever happen? No, because the name of the game is divide and conquer. They are trying to divide us constantly and they do it at every given opportunity because the more divided the people are, the less cooperation there is to go after a common enemy. Absolutely. This, this has been the name of the game for centuries. <clears throat> and sadly, it still works because people are so fucking like entrenched in their uh, identity politics instead of thinking critically and thinking for themselves and, and analyzing things in a, in a philosophical or uh, analytical way. It's just, it's, just, it's very it's important like, to think about philosophy, man, because it, it really does, you know, rewire your brain to think outside the box that we're living in. And big picture. I mean, the yeah. way they've got everyone at each other's throats is a lot like sports teams. It's like hockey teams or football teams or baseball teams or whatever. Uh, I like this team. So if you're on that team, fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's how people act with. With it's so ludicrous, man. But it's not just with their politics. It's now we're just divided into so many subsects of people. And I think that's on purpose. I don't think it's to like be more inclusive. It, the whole thing is an oxymoron when you really think about how they try to shift the language and really mold people's mind into the fashion that they want it. Uh, like, let's be more inclusive by dividing everyone into a billion different categories of people yeah. instead of being like, Hey, we're all humans. Like we got a lot of things in common that are huge, that, that far outweigh the things that divide us. But let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the divisions. You're white. He's black. He's a Christian. He's a Muslim. He's an atheist. Uh, they're transgender. Uh, Zimzer is a Democrat. <laughs> uh, she, she's a Republican. Uh, it, dude, they got us divided on politics Gender, race, religion, uh, sports teams, where you grew up. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely insane that people don't see through this. And there, and th that's th why th I talk about this shit. That's why you talk yeah. about this stuff. It's important for people to start pulling this, this illusion down. Yeah. The veil of Maya. Yes. The veil of Maya is coming down slowly but surely faster these days i believe but uh if anybody doesn't know what the veil of maya is it is the elusive illusory curtain that's pulled over our eyes that we must lift up according to the bhagavad gita and they're a fucking cool band too <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's uh hindu yeah um Whew. Have you ever had any paranormal experiences? Just to stay in the theme of my show. Paranormal? Um, like with ghosts and things like that? Sure. Not really? Um, there was something very bizarre that happened when I was a kid. Uh, we lived in this apartment. And I think an old lady might have died in it before we lived in there. And uh, candles would like fly off of the toilet all the time oh shit like, like the the shelf up top where the water tank is yeah you know, you often you put matches and candles or whatever up there um in the middle of the night often like the toilet 
seat would slam down or like a candle would fly off it and break on the ground. That was really weird, but I was a little kid. So that didn't like stick with me that that's the only paranormal ghost spirity kind of thing. But I have definitely seen UFOs in my life. Oh shit. Tell me about that. Um, the most noteworthy one is I was, uh, hanging out outside in a very small town and you could see satellites and shooting stars very easily. Um, I had seen a ton of shooting stars. So I was very familiar with the speed and what they look like. I'd seen a ton of airplanes go by. So I was very familiar with the speed and what they look like and, you know, rough, rough elevation and uh, the sound. Same with satellites. Saw a ton of satellites go by. Very familiar with the speed and the elevation. Uh, I saw something that was like a flying V shape. It had one big light under like the the fulcrum of the V. And then it had two more uh, further down the V. And then two more at like the ends of the V. So it had a total of five lights. Is this like the uh, Arizona lights? Kind of, kind of. of. Um, And this thing, I shit you not, it was flying lower than an airplane. It had no sound whatsoever. And it was flying faster than an airplane or a satellite. Like, like three times faster than any of the airplanes. It was moving very, very fast and silently. And the only... The reason I know it had some sort of a shape to it and it wasn't just five independent lights is it was blocking out stars behind it as it was moving. So you could tell that it had some sort of a like a flat V shape. Right. It almost looked like a like a right angle ruler. Okay. Kind of, yeah. You know? Um, and where was this? This was in the Netherlands. Oh shit. Yeah. And uh I know I'm not crazy because I even asked my friend, I was like, do you see that? And uh, what, where, where? Right there. Holy shit. Yeah, I see that too. Like, okay, good. I'm not insane. That is real. Um, But I looked looked it up. I've Googled things that, you know, uh, to try to find what I saw. There are definitely records of other people seeing this exact same craft. Like in in the same area or all over? All over. But yeah. the exact same craft. Um, there, there's depictions of it made uh, with computers, and there's depictions of it made uh, just by someone like drawing it out with pen and paper, or maybe paint. Sure. But but I was able to find um, a few examples of other people citing these things, even going back all the way to like the 50s. That is so wild. Yeah. What do you think they are? Do you think they're aliens, or do you think? You know, interdimensional. It's typical conspiracy theory question. Demonic. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I I definitely just statistically, I think aliens probably exist. Um, I don't see any definitive proof that we've been visited by them, but I I, I definitely lean on the side that aliens are real. Um, whether or not they're hanging out and, and fucking with us, I'm not sure about that, but, uh, I don't know. Could have been something from another planet. Could have been something from inside the earth. It could have been something that the military made. That could be humans piloting them. 
Absolutely. It could be. Yeah. I mean, dude, the Manhattan Project, not even the vice president knew that that nukes were being tested. Right. Um, so when people bring up like, do you know how many people would have to be in on that for it to be a secret? Like, yeah. Have you ever heard of the Manhattan Project? You dumb fuck. People can, <laughs> people can keep a secret, especially if it comes down to like, you know, tons and tons of money. Uh, it, you know, just hypothetically and, speaking, if you're like, hey, here's $500 million, and if you tell anybody, we're going to kill your family. Absolutely. That will, that will shut somebody up for life. 100%. And people don't think that way. They, they think they don't think that's possible for all these people to keep it a, a secret. No, it only takes two not. people. It only takes two people to make a conspiracy. Correct. And then, like, from then on, you have those two guys saying, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. We have a shit ton of money. We're going to pay these people off. And like you said, kill them if they fucking leak it. Yeah. Or not, or not, not even threaten them, but threaten their family because, yeah. you know, that, that, that will make somebody definitely not blab. If you're like, Hey, we're going to kill all three of your kids and your wife. If you say something and here's a, a half a billion dollars to shut you up. Yep. That person be like, yeah, whatever. I don't even know what you're talking about. So you've had other uh, UFO encounters? Um, I've seen some other weird shit, but that was by far the weirdest and and the least explainable. Right, right. I've I've unfortunately never seen one. What do you think about alien abductions? Uh, I think it's possible um, that people have experienced such things, but. Uh, uh... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quick to believe anything. I grew up on George Carlin and like read Carl Sagan, uh, The Demon Haunted World, too many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not very quick to to believe things without evidence. Same here. Same here. Yeah. But what, open- what about your paranormal experiences? What What do you have here? Oh shit, dude! If I heard voices in my my house when I was like, I think ten or eleven years old. Um, it's pretty wild, dude. Like if you listen to my first episode, I explain it all, but I'll give it a brief, a brief rundown. I heard a voice in the basement when I was sleeping or trying to get to sleep and I ran upstairs. It was a deep voice in my ear directly into my ear and I got paralyzed in fear for about 20 seconds and I ran upstairs into my parents' bedroom and lied in between them. (laughs) Oh God. Second time, uh, a voice was calling my name quietly in while I was in the basement from the top of the stairs and the third time it screamed my name and I fucking flipped out and I ran upstairs and sat in the living room with my mom the third time somebody else heard it with me so it validated my concerns from before oh yeah that's that's where it gets real interesting yeah, she. it was my sister-in-law. She grabbed my fucking hand really tight and said, did you hear that? I'm like, yeah. She's like, let's go outside and wait for everybody else to get home. And we sat on the porch and we were fucking terrified. That is super creepy. Yeah. And so years later, I contacted her through Facebook and uh, I asked her about that incident. And she denied it. Wow. Interesting. So that never happened. End of discussion. yeah so not too long ago maybe a few months back i actually drove by that old house it's not too far from me and i saw a brother and two sisters or a brother and a sister there 
and I was asking them politely and, you know, courteously, you know, like, I don't want to sound crazy, but have you ever had any paranormal encounters at this house? And the, the girl's eyes lit up and she's like, oh my God. And then she told me that there was a voice that whispered her name in her ear. And another time she was brushing her hair and she felt a hand stroke the small of her back. And uh, then her older sister reached out to me on Instagram. And uh, she said, I'm curious to know what you experienced in this house because a lot of crazy shit happened here. Whoa. (laughs) And so this validated everything for me. Like this shit stuck with me my whole life, right? Wow. Yeah, I've never had uh, any experiences like that. So when I hear those things, I don't not believe you, mm -hmm. but instantly my brain's like, well, what could that be? That makes sense. Uh, Just because I've never had that experience. (laughs) That experience, of course, it sounds crazy. I mean, I'm sure you know that. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. And I'm, I'm very open about it but at the same time i'm like it could have been something that i couldn't explain but after hearing their stories i was like holy yeah. shit okay you know yeah yeah that really <clears throat> is the whole ball game with that because i think the house was built in like the 60s or 70s pretty sure the 70s in the so toronto area right? yeah okay um it's it's called brampton the city that i live in mm-hmm and uh, so, yeah. And so I reached, I talked to the sister, the older sister, and I wanted to get her on the podcast to come and tell these stories. Right. And she's like, yeah, okay. And then she kind of like stopped and she wasn't replying to my messages. And I was thinking maybe she checked out my podcast and feels that I'm fucking batshit crazy. So she doesn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> the possibility. <clears throat> Strong. But, yeah, it sucks because, like, I really want to hear stories. And I told her, I said, if you're not comfortable on coming on the podcast, at least give me a shout and, like, tell me your stories. I still not, still haven't got anything out of her. So is what it is. Mm. Yeah, maybe you'll hear some new st- new developments from her someday. Yeah, possible. <clears throat> what, do you, what are your thoughts on... Um, do you believe in like a higher power, like a creator, like the, uh, like a like a creation that we live in a creation, or is it just random? Um. Well, I don't actually have any strong feelings one way or the other. Um, I am completely open to the idea that there could be a creator, there could be a god that made all of this. Um, I don't see any definitive proof for that. That makes me absolutely cling to that idea. Um, and then the like scientific reductionist angle of this is all just random. Uh, that that cup also holds some water. So I, I don't know. I'm completely open to the idea of the fact that there could be a God. I don't know. I think yeah. that claiming that there definitely is not one is just as ridiculous as saying as i know is. that there is one and i know which books he authored and i know what he wants to be called and i know what he wants me to do and not do i think that's just as silly as saying for sure with yeah. absolute certainty there is no god yeah i don't know my my mind is pretty open to that but um so you're, you're pretty much agnostic then uh 
yeah, just skeptical in general. Yeah. Um, I have no issue with the idea. To, to me, it doesn't even matter if there's a creator or not. Either way, I think the golden rule is still totally relevant and you should just try to make the world a better place while you're here. And uh, if every generation does that, then the, the world's going to be a beautiful place someday. I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with that, yeah. It's already a beautiful place in many ways, but there, we got a lot of issues. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it doesn't even matter whether there is a God or not, whether there is a creator or not. Just try to try to leave the world nicer than the way you found it. And don't be a fucking douchebag. That helps too. It goes yeah. hand in hand. Like help an old lady cross the street for fuck's sakes, you know? Don't yeah, just man. walk by. Don't just walk by and let your conscience say, "Fuck that, I'm not going to help her," you know? Yeah, someday we're going to be. Uh, I mean, assuming we live that long, uh, someday that could be you. Yeah, you could be all hunched over and barely able to walk, and you know, some punk kid comes and it doesn't help you out or. You or or randomly punches you in the fucking yeah. face. That's what I was going to say. You see these random yeah. videos of people just like mugging old ladies or like beating the shit out of some 98-year-old man. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I don't it's, get it, man. It's like a clockwork orange, but like real life. Yeah, a little bit of the old ultraviolence. Yeah, they're, they're into it. Let's, let's go to the milk bar and then uh, terrorize the town. <laughs> fucking listen crazy to the, dude listen to some Ludwig Van dude, oh, I loved uh, Sepultura's album Alex mm-hmm. oh it was great all about Clockwork Orange oh and I didn't fucking, know that all metal yeah it's so such a good album uh, Sepultura with Derek Green is highly underrated in my opinion oh yeah they've got some killer shit uh, even their last record uh, the Qu- uh, Qu- Quarta oh Oh shit! It starts with a Q U. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, quad Quadra. I can't remember the name, but that something like that. Very yeah. sick. There, there's yeah. some really cool shit on that record. Very good. When they came out with, uh, was it Kiowas? No, not that's a song. Um, fuck. I know the one you're talking. Kairos. Kairos. Yeah, that's what I saw them uh, when they came out with that album. When they're touring that album, that was that was a great show. We toured with them when they were touring on that record. Oh, sweet! Um, it could have been Derek Green's. Derek saw. Green's big fucking teddy bear, man. Yeah, he's a very sweet guy. I've had him on the, my podcast, and we toured with them uh, one time. And he's a super nice guy. I love Derek. And he's he's doing a lot of uh, health oriented stuff. Yeah, he's a vegan. Cool. He's a huge dude for yeah. Vegan. But dude, when I saw him come out on stage, dude, I was like. This motherfucker's got tree trunks for legs. Yeah, he's a giant human. Unbelievable. He used to be a football player, right? I think he played college ball or maybe even went like semi-pro or pro. Yeah, yeah he lifted a lot of weights in his day. It's fucking <laughs> awesome, though. Andreas is still fucking killing it, man. Yeah, he's a great guitar player. Holy shit. Fucking yeah, wild. That other album they did before. Or was uh, Machine Messiah? That was excellent, too. Yeah, and I didn't know until recently that that's totally a Yes album, or a Yes song. Oh, really? Yeah, Machine Messiah is a uh, song by Yes on the Drama album. And I had never listened to that Yes album until like uh, uh, six months ago. I gotta check that out. I was actually listening to Yes yesterday. 
Oh man, you gotta listen to the drama album. It's fucking awesome. Really cool record. What a band they are too, eh? Holy shit. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the coolest. Okay, so you said uh I'm just curious here. Uh you said you were into synth wave. Are, are yeah, you into like yeah. Devo and Oingo Boingo and shit? I like Oingo Bongo. I never got into Devo. Okay, Boingo is one of my favorite bands and one of my biggest songwriting influences. Oh, that's awesome. I was going to ask you about your influences. Yeah, Oingo Boingo is definitely Danny way Elfman. up there. Yeah, they're way up there. And a lot. that's one of the bands that a lot of people would be like, what? Like, you guys are inspired by this? <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, but sure, dude. And they're very, uh, well, I, I'm say the reverse mr bungle is very oingo boingo-esque as well yes i can hear a chain of inspiration and maybe it's not real maybe it doesn't exist but in my mind i can hear this chain uh frank zappa oingo boingo mr bungle i can hear like a relationship between that string of three artists definitely have you ever listened to captain beefheart oh yeah his voice is so crazy. Dude. Have you Trout Mask Replica is such a, a difficult listen, but I got into that like twelve years ago and it just fucking blew my mind. Like like the words that he uses and it's like it doesn't make sense, but it does at the same time. I think I really you kinda like gotta that. be captain to listen to it to make sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a kook. Uh, I really liked the stuff that he did with Zappa too. He's on uh, Bongo Fury, and he does some shit on uh, Hot Rats as well. What's your favorite Zappa album? No contest. You are what you is. Okay, that's, that's a good one. I, I love Joe's Garage. Joe's Garage is amazing. So Fucking good, awesome album. Yeah, I love that one so too. Good. I I I just. You Are What You Is has so many great songs on it, and I love that the entire record is strung together like it's one song. Yeah. Every song goes seamlessly into the next one. Love it. It's a proper, like, you need to listen to this start to finish kind of thing. Oh, for sure. Those are my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I'm an album guy, not, not really a song guy. Like, I like to listen, <clears throat> even to this day, still, uh, albums from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and making an album is a shitload of work. I think a lot of, uh, even people that love music, I don't know if they realize how much work it is to sit down and write like 12 songs <laughs> and then go in and record them and, and write 12 songs worth of lyrics. And it, it's a fucking giant undertaking. It's crazy, dude. Trout, did you Do you know the story about Trout Mask Replica? Uh, no. Okay, so <sighs> Captain Beefheart, what's it? Don Van Vliet, right? Um, he, it was in California and he basically got this house in a rural area in California and pretty much starved his musicians. They could only go out to get like a fucking can of beans every now and then. And it was like a seven month period and he had everything written out and planned out and basically just had them all fucking almost starving to death and not letting them go out almost like torture it was like almost like a cult like thing this was just his mad fucking idea of how he wanted it to happen it was crazy dude this album is not gonna sound right unless everybody's starving (laughs) 
it was so fucked. I think a bunch of them were on were tripping on acid too. They they must have been. That'll make you but, not uh, hungry. Yeah, for sure. A little bit of fucking uh, booger sugar too in the mix. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zappa definitely wasn't fucking around with any of that shit, but uh, Beefheart's a whole other animal. <sighs> Unbelievable. I could probably nerd out uh, like all day with you. I don't know how much time you got, but. Oh, we can go for another like 15. Okay, cool. Um, other inspirations? Ooh, man. I, I take musical inspiration from a lot of places. Um, Even like like film, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. There's some scoring stuff that I'm a huge fan of. Obviously, I love Danny Elfman. Uh, but Ennio Morricone is great. Oh, yeah. Um, a new dude that I actually really enjoy is Michael Giacchino. He did like the first Doctor Strange and uh, Star Wars Rogue One. He's kind of like, he seems to me to be somewhat replacing John Williams in a okay. lot of like big scoring roles. But uh, Williams is another great one, obviously. Um, but I love classical music. I love flamenco. Uh, I love gypsy jazz. I love death metal and punk rock and hardcore and old classic rock, prog rock, uh, synthy new wave stuff. I I take in, uh, experimental weird shit like Zappa and Mr. Bungle. Um, I'm kind of all over the place. I take inspiration from a lot of different areas. And As you should. You shouldn't like limit yourself, right? Yeah, man. I mean, that's part of why uh, Havoc sounds the way it does. And it's so I, I noticed some of your vocals uh, sound very Dave Mustaine-ish sometimes. When you sing some, like a little quieter. Sometimes they do. Uh, that's Did, Was guess, that intentional? or No, no not really. I think it's that's just funny. naturally maybe subconsciously where my mind goes because I grew up on Megadeth and Metallica and Slayer and Exodus. Um, but, you know, another huge influence for me that I didn't mention is funk. I love. Oh, right on. Music. Yeah. And uh, I think if I could only listen to one genre of music, like for an entire month straight, it'd probably be funk because it's good feeling music. It's very upbeat and positive uh, feeling wise and, you know, the scales they use, but it's also heavy. I love yeah. punk because it's fucking heavy. It's just not evil. And yeah, that's sure. the difference between like, you know, funk and metal is really only different in the kind of scales that they're using and the instrumentation in a funk band. You got like a lot of horns and, you know, lighter guitar sounds and stuff. And in metal, there's yeah. no horns, you got heavy distorted guitars, but the heaviness is there in the funk. It's speaking just, of speaking yeah. of heaviness and funk going hand in hand, you got fishbone. Yeah. Fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. Fishbone's great. Give a monkey a brain. He'll swear he's the center of the universe has like the heaviest fucking tracks mixed with, funk in other songs and ska reggae everything they're a fucking amazing band eclectic band yeah and what a great uh album title totally <laughs> totally um what are your thoughts on ghost uh they're all right i'm not a huge fan um i, I don't mind them i don't think they're a bad band but they don't get my motor running like uh 
like many other things that do you they think they're me of. yeah do you think they're like using the whole satanic thing as like like a gimmick or do you think they're actually fucking into that shit that's hard to say because I think some bands do use it as just a gimmick and I think some bands actually are into like satanic rituals and satanic power and magic and hexes and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's hard to hard for me to speak to that. However, I will say uh, that I'm just kind of sick of hearing about the devil and Satan. Like, okay, back in the eighties, you were actually like edgy and like scaring people today. Like, uh, it just makes me roll my eyes. I'm like, really? Yeah. Another Satan thing? Like, okay, whatever. Right. Dude. There's nothing else to talk about in, in with your music. <laughs> it makes me laugh, dude. Like, I, I, I love Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw them live once. They fucking put on a great show. Um, Tobias is, to me, kind of a little bit of a douchey guy, you know? Because <laughs> he, you know took his fucking ex-bandmates to court and shit like that, fired the whole band, got a new band, fucking... It's like, if you don't roll his way, if it's not his way, it's the highway, right? Oh, I didn't know any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, dude, fuck. They they were trying... The guys, the band members were trying to get royalties, and he said that wasn't in the contract when you guys came to the band, this and that. He took them to court. He won. <laughs> uh, some of the other guys branched out, did other things, and on the topic of Synthwave... Uh, two of the guys from Ghost who were fired uh, started a band called Priest and their Synthwave. And you should check that shit out. They're fucking really good, man. All right, cool. They have a new uh, uh, album out called Body Machine. Fucking so good, man. And it's just Priest, not Judas Priest. Nope, just Priest. Okay. Yeah, you can check them out, uh, Priest Official on Instagram and then, or Spotify, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check yeah, that dude. out. Cool, man. Um, I'll ask you one last question and we'll wrap it up. Uh, what do you think your greatest hope for humanity is? I haven't asked this question in a while to any of my guests, but that's what I did a lot when I first started. <sighs> what is my greatest hope for humanity? Is that the question? Yeah. My greatest hope for humanity. Um. Because we are in a fucking, we are in a tough time. Yeah, I think my greatest hope for humanity is for it to realize its true power and to actually become free. I think that it would be the ultimate prize, freedom. Because we really are stepping into this arena where we have only two choices. There's either freedom or slavery. Which way do you want to go towards I definitely want to go toward freedom. Mm -hmm. Freedom can be dangerous, but I would far prefer the dangers of freedom than the, uh, the peace and security of enslavement. I would tend to agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, I mean, if people want total security and safety, there's a place where that exists. It's called solitary confinement in a prison. (laughs) Yeah. You want to be taken care of and have no no outside threats and be be totally safe and secure? Go to prison. I wouldn't that, recommend that. Place. <laughs> yeah, that that's your place. But no, freedom. That's my uh, that's my biggest hope for humanity is that we will learn to recognize what we're capable of and actually move toward. 
being truly free. I love it. Um, Want to give uh, the audience some plugs? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if anybody here listening made it this far uh, wants to check out my band, it's Havoc, and it's spelled with a K because we went to public school. Uh, H-A-V-O-K <laughs> is the band if you want to find us on Instagram or Facebook or any of that stuff. And then uh, my podcast is called Riffs or Die, like guitar riffs or like riffing on an idea. Riffsordie.com. I've got some, uh, you know, a bunch of podcasts on there. I also have some merchandise available, some things that free thinkers would definitely be interested in. Um, lots of skeletons on the merch and some other positive messages. It's like, think for yourself, you know, think it's not illegal yet is one of the shirts yeah. and stickers that I've got. But uh, riffsordie.com if you want to check out the podcast and the merch, and if you want to look up the band, Havoc with a K. Which I highly recommend because you guys are fucking awesome. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going we're gonna to hit the road again next year. Uh, we're going to put out some new music and then finally get back on the road. So keep your peepers peeping for some tour <laughs> dates. Um, uh, I think I may hit Canada at some point later uh, next yeah. year too. It'd be cool to hang out, man. Yeah, I'd love to meet you next time we're in Toronto. Cool, dude. Um, I really appreciate your time, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Are you going to release this as well? Yes. Yeah. If you don't okay, mind, cool. we'll, we'll make it a no, podcast. Cool. Awesome. I'll get I'll get to work on it, and uh, yeah, we'll communicate. Keep in touch. Sounds good, brother. Thanks a lot for the time. Thanks for having me and keep up the good work. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thanks, man. That means a lot. Hell yeah. Have fun. Thank you very much for once again listening to episode 87 of the Red Pill Cartel. This is your beloved goat, Nigel the Goat speaking. And uh, Davey, how excited are you right now? Very excited, man. I'm, I'm very happy he gave me his time and uh, yeah, just wish him the best of success. Yes, uh, we are looking forward to more music from Havoc with uh, Mr. David Sanchez. Oh, that has a nice ring to it for Nigel. Anyway, folks, cartel, we hope you enjoyed that episode. And uh, click on our new link tree and follow, subscribe, and, uh, you know, just share our episodes with other people. Get the word out, you know, inspire other people to do what Davy and I are doing. And also, if you want to tip us, he 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 he, you can go to the Patreon or the Telegram. You can go to the Telegram too and hang out in the chats. Uh, we love to have uh, more Red Pill Cartel material going out there. So do your thing, Cartel. We really hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, we will see you next time. And by the way, listen to Havoc. They are fucking awesome.